All right, got my coffee, microphone is on, let's do this thing. Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the Nick Frazier Podcast, a special episode. Um, did not plan on doing a special episode, but you know what? It's been way too long since I've done a podcast episode, and it's time to make one. So you know what? Special episode right here on your mobile device, whatever you listen to, yada, yada, yada. Uh, man, it feels good. Well, you know what? We'll roll the intro and we'll get underway. All right, everybody. Like I said before, welcome back. Uh, it's been very, very long since I made an episode. It's been about seven, eight months. Um, yeah, we're back. Uh, a very eventful weekend, let's put it that way. Um, sports terms, favorite soccer team won. Nobody really cares about that. But, hey, AC Milan, they're trying to do the up and up. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure nobody really knows about foreign soccer. But, oh, well. Uh, just like everybody else in America, nobody really cares. Um, let's see, what else is on the agenda? The Preds won. They beat the New Jersey Devils. Um, they spoiled P.K. Subban's homecoming to Nashville. Uh, I'll talk about that another time. Uh, but the main focal point this past weekend was the Tennessee Titans, a team that has struck everybody by storm uh, by winning four games in a row after this past weekend. Uh, the man of the hour, two men of the hour, actually, Ryan Tannehill and Derrick Henry. Unbelievable. I like to call him Ryan Tannathrill because that man is just electric, man. He's a thrilling show to watch. Uh, yeah, man, uh, he's he's something else. Uh, he is now 5-1 and one as a starting quarterback, and he's for sure holding on to that starting quarterback job. I don't see anybody taking that over him. He, he is a hell of a quarterback when it comes to play action. Uh, the Titans are 80% uh, completion when it comes to play action. Um, and then obviously you have the running back, uh, somebody that is uh, going to be a household name for years to come, Derrick Henry. Uh, going into Sunday, he had the opportunity to reach number five in the franchise's all-time rushing list, and he fulfilled that by passing Steve McNair and hopefully I'm saying this right, Hoyle Granger, uh, fullback from the Houston Oilers era, I believe 1966 to 72. Um, yeah, so Derek passed them. He only needed 36 yards to pass uh, Aaron McNair and 81 yards to pass Hoyle Granger. And I believe, if I remember correctly, at the stat sheet, Derek Henry had 103 yards and a touchdown. Um, if I'm wrong, correct me, whatever, sorry. I'll do better next time. Um, but going into Sunday, uh, the Oakland Raiders are a 500 team at six and six, now six and seven. Um, but with that being said, their defense was ranked 20th uh, in allowing points, and also their average uh, yards allowed at 103 yards a game. Uh, and with Derrick Henry, you know, only needing that 81 yards to surpass. Uh, McNair and Granger, good for the Titans, good for Derrick Henry. Uh, now Derrick Henry is 
holds the longest franchise rushing uh, play at 99 yards. That was uh, against Jacksonville last uh, year on Thursday Night Football. Um, what else did he do? Obvi- oh, yeah. Uh, in this rushing list, since he has now reached the top five, I believe he is one of the uh, only people to do it in least amount of attempts. I will read that off to you as soon as I look at it here. Uh, yeah, here we go. So Derrick Henry did it in 60 games. Hoyle Granger and Steve McNair did it in – well, Hoyle, he did it in 69 games. And Steve McNair, obviously being a quarterback, uh, did it in way more games, 139. But Derrick Henry did it in 751 attempts, Granger 773, and McNair 614. So, I mean, he didn't surpass McNair in the attempts, but he did surpass them in the top five. Uh, And now he has a little bit work to do to reach top four in passing Lorenzo White. And then, obviously, one, two, and three, you have Chris Johnson at three, Earl Campbell at two, and Eddie George at one. Um, And he's got ways to go to get up there. He's only at 3,500 yards. Lorenzo White's at 4,000. Chris Johnson grazing the 8,000 mark at 7,965. Earl Campbell at 8,500. And then, obviously, Eddie George at the 10K mark. So, I mean, it's a bright future for Derrick Henry, but at the same time, I'm very questionable. There are question marks all in my head for Derrick Henry. Reason being is, one, in the now for the season, he has that hamstring issue that kind of occurred, I'd say, two weeks ago. And to me, it's only progressively getting worse. Uh, I mean, the remedy the Titans are doing at the moment is that he's sitting out all week, participating in practice, I think, a little bit on Thursday, um, does a light workout, and then Friday he does a heavy lifting workout. So, I mean, it's the it's working for him. Good for him. For me, I'd like to see him get a little bit of reps. I mean, yeah, he's doing what he needs to do. I, I think he just needs to rehab the hell out of that hamstring as much as possible. Uh, obviously, you don't want to overdo it, but at the same time, need you healthy for the long haul because the Titans right now are looking pretty, very pretty at an 8-5 and five, uh, with a tied record with the Texans. Obviously, the Texans have the upper hand in the division. More wins. They're sitting at 3-1. and one. Titans are at 2-2. Two and two. But they play the Texans this Sunday. It leads to the idea of the Titans beating the Texans and taking over that top spot. Because right now, they are tied with leading in the division with the Texans and also in the hunt for the wild card. So... You know, I, I would love to see him just win the division and not have to worry about the wild card because that I really don't want to face, at the moment, a 9-4 and four Buffalo Bills team uh, if it comes to that at the end of the season because Josh Allen and with Cole Beasley, very, very frightened by him. Uh, on the other hand, we'll get back to the more of Titans-oriented stuff here. Another concern of Derrick Henry for me would be his contract. You know, there has been... People saying, obviously, Adam Schefter has reported that nobody in the Titans organization and or Derrick Henry himself have talked anything about a new deal in general because this is his last year of his rookie deal. The concerning thing to me is that there has been a trend in the NFL with holdouts. 
Most notably, recently, Melvin Gordon and Ezekiel Elliott. Melvin Gordon still hasn't found the solution to his holdout, even though it was week four he came back, but I think it was because of uh, a man by the name of Austin Eckler that frightened his future. With Melvin Gordon, he had the 64-day holdout that went from training camp on into week four. And in that time frame, a guy by the name of Austin Eckler, who filled in for Gordon, flourished in that Charger offense. Sure, their record may not reflect on, on the way that he's played, but at the same time, he's putting up phenomenal stats. He's been a fantasy go-to this year and, and still hasn't surpassed Eckler, honestly, because he's more, since he came back, he's been in the shadow of Eckler. Sure, Gordon has had some breakout runs, a couple key plays here and there, but to me, Eckler's just been that that all-around back, and, and I'd, I mean, if I were the Chargers, I'm like, hmm, hey, we have Austin Eckler, and Melvin Gordon, if he doesn't want to, you know, resign with us, well, okay. I mean, sure, he's a hell of a talent. Would love to see him in that Charger blue, but if Chargers don't want him, they don't want him. And I was reading an article the other day that was uh, reported by a staff reporter uh, for the Chargers. Gordon possibly doesn't see himself in Charger Blue next year, which to me, I would like to see him in Charger Blue because I feel like the re- the relocation of the franchise to Los Angeles could give him a fresh start. To me, I think that he needs to find a solution with this organization because uh, I could see him doing some wonders next season in, in, uh, in LA. Back to the other half of holdouts. That one didn't go so well, but Ezekiel Elliott, his went well. He got that $90 million that he was asking for, and uh, he enjoyed Cabo, came back. He's now, I believe, in top four, top five in in the NFL at uh, rushing, I believe. But at the same time, the way the team is playing is not so good. The Cowboys are sitting at six and seven, leading their division somehow. My dad's a huge Cowboys fan. That's besides the point. It's kind of funny listening to him uh, rant. But yeah, I think... I think with Ezekiel Elliott's case, I think the team just needs to perform better. Obviously, he's a, a great running back and uh, good for him, but that's a trend that I think is going to resonate with Derrick Henry. <clears throat> the reason being is, and I may be looking too far into this. I probably am. You know, with Derrick, he hadn't said anything to anybody. Um, the staff hasn't come up. To, I mean, they probably have, but they haven't come up publicly about it. Uh, it, it just it frightens me because I would love to see him in two-tone blue next year, and the fact that they haven't agreed on anything, it's concerning. And I understand Titans have a big opportunity to make the playoffs and possibly do something in the playoffs with uh, Tannehill at the helm of quarterback. Uh, it, it's just this team is finally having an identity, and the last thing you need is animosity between the staff and one of the key players, because if, if that happens, it, it ruins the team chemistry almost. I, I really hope I'm looking too far into this, because if Derek is okay, he's content with where he's at, and they're probably already negotiating something, just not publicly, then okay, cool. But with the way things are sounding in the public eye, it's not not too great. And on the other case about holdouts and contracts, Tannehill is in talks of a new deal, a brand new contract next year. But he did say he's not going to talk about it until the season's over with. So for in that case, I'm okay with that. He came out publicly and said, I'm going to discuss it after the season, which to me leads that he's open to staying with the Titans. Now, Derek hadn't said anything, and that that's what bothers me. But yeah, Tannehill is playing phenomenal. I don't know if I mentioned it already, but 
The Titans are 80% in completion rating when it comes to play action. Uh, a thing I like about the Titans offense too is I'm seeing a very old school style offense with a fullback. I love it. It just fits the style of play the Titans are playing. Derek being that downhill runner and hopefully Derek can get healthy soon. That hamstring we saw yesterday in the game that he had a heating pad on it and he was walking around trying to keep it warm. But at the same time, you have to remember it better not get worse because if it gets worse, so does the Titans future. Not for the long haul, but the long haul of this season. So hopefully I'm not being redundant. Probably am. Who cares? It's my podcast. I don't care. Titans are now at 8-5. and five. Going into this weekend, they had a 36% chance of making the playoffs. But now, since beating the Oakland Raiders, they have a 50% chance. And uh, if they beat the Texans and lose to the Saints and beat the Texans again, uh, I believe they're in around 75% range of making the playoffs probably higher just because they would have their division sealed. That's the Titans' future there. I think they could do some damage in uh, in the playoffs with A.J. Brown finally getting some recognition and making a name for himself. And, you know, the thing is, is with Tannehill, he distributes the ball well on that offense. You don't see just one player getting targeted consistently. But, yeah, go for the Titans. They're on the next Sunday playing Texans and then following the Saints. So they have two home games back-to-back, and then they have that tough road game against the Texans. So that'll be a difficult one. Uh, Let's see. What else uh, do I need to talk about here? Hmm. Oh, yeah. I was going to talk about food, I guess. I'm a big foodie. Hang on. Let me get some coffee here. Mm. Man, coffee's good. You know, I... Ah, man. How do y'all drink your coffee, honestly? Uh, I'm, I'm a big black coffee guy, straight up. I don't know what it is about black coffee. It's just a great taste. It's the only way to drink it, honestly. If you drink creamer, um, that's okay, I guess. But, you know, I, I don't think it's the best way to drink it. you got to get the full taste, uh, not the sugary, you know, artificial stuff. Yeah, let me know how you drink your coffee. I don't know where this is going to be distributed. You know, more than likely it's going to be distributed towards uh, multiple platforms. Uh, now that doing podcasting on the reg, uh, the relaunch in 2020. Yeah, those episodes I did previously back a couple, I'd say seven months ago, I believe, with myself, my grandmother, a buddy of mine, Prince. I think I did one more. I can't really remember. Oh, it was like that food review one, whatever. I just had to put that one out there. Sorry. Uh, In school, my teacher, you know, being a a sports journalism uh, slash, you know, broadcasting major, uh, my teacher told me to, you know, experiment with podcasting. And so I did like a trial one, I guess. And did a couple episodes. Uh, I like the feedback I got from friends. And so, yeah, I I think I'm going to do this for the long haul for the most part. More of like a cool thing to do. I don't know. I'm just sitting here at my house at my own leisure. Probably should be studying for my uh, finals. But I studied a little earlier this morning around like 7.30, 8 a.m. kind of thing. And, uh, yeah, so I'm taking a little break. Uh, so, yeah. I'm, I'm going to be doing a lot more episodes when it comes to 2020. So let me know how you drink your coffee. Coffee is always good with like, uh, you know, pancakes and maple syrup. Woo, man, I, I'm talking about some good pancakes. That's good. Yeah, coffee just accents the food real well, especially breakfast food. I don't know what it is. I think coffee could go well with like uh, ice cream, 
Coffee could go well with uh, cake. Mm. I don't know. Coffee could go well with a lot of things. But I'm going to get in more to food, food. Uh, if you want to know about coffee, you got to get it imported, to be real. Coffee is not that good in America. I remember when I was like 10, 9, 10, maybe 11 years old, uh, my grandparents would make coffee for me. And when I would drink it, it was some type of American brand. I can't really remember. I don't know. But my grandparents would sit there, and I think they accidentally bought it. And uh, my grandfather goes, what is this? It tastes like dirty water. And I just chuckled. I was like, dirty water? It's coffee. He goes, no, this is not coffee. And uh, they had some imported coffee in, like, I don't know, a closet or something, like their pantry. And uh, they brewed it, and uh, they poured it out for me. I was like, oh. That's when I knew black coffee, just drinking straight up black coffee, was the way to drink it, not with a creamer stuff. Um, so, yeah, I, I always chuckle when, when I see an American brand coffee of some sort. Uh, and then, yeah, I, I don't drink that stuff. That stuff's just nasty. God, this podcast is getting dull. Sorry, I got to pick it up. Uh, food, that's what we're talking about. Yeah, coffee, breakfast, yada, yada, yada. A good breakfast place in Nashville I think you should go try is Loveless Cafe. Uh, I'm probably doing some free advertisement. Who cares? Loveless Cafe is amazing. Their biscuits are unreal. I uh, love the biscuits and like, what what jelly is it? I think it's like the blackberry jelly. I think that's what it is. I think it's blackberry. Whew. It's good. Yeah, I, I recommend going there. It's it's something to see, to be honest. It's You have to experience it. Um, if you're not from Nashville, sure, it's a good tourist place to go for breakfast. But at the same time, if you are from Nashville, uh, I feel like it's a true staple point of the area, and you should really go visit and have breakfast there. Recommend getting there early because it gets packed super quick. I think one time I got, like, chicken and biscuit or something, or, like, multiple chicken and biscuits. Woo! They were really good. Holy cow. Uh, speaking of chicken, I don't know if y'all have tried the Popeye's hot chicken and the Chick-fil-A like debacle thing. I've yet to try it, so I can't really say it's world-changing like some of these people say. But I, I will make sure to have that done in the future. I will let you guys know how that turns out. Because I'm very curious what it tastes like. Uh, I've just been too busy with school. and uh, But yeah, I, I'm bound to try it. I'm bound to try it for sure. I, I like hot chicken. It's just... Some reason it bothers me that people categorize Nashville as just a hot chicken place. Oh yeah, we're apparently like the bachelor bachelorette party capital of the world and hot chicken. So like those two things together, what can go wrong, right? I think I'm just gonna end this podcast right now because uh, it's getting very stale. I encourage you guys to be on the lookout for the relaunch in 2020. I'm gonna do my best to stay on top of it. I'm gonna end it right here. Have a phenomenal day. Have a great rest of your week. And also, you can also find me at the Nick Frazier Podcast on Instagram. That will be up and running soon again. What else am I forgetting? Oh, yeah, you can follow me on YouTube, so subscribe. You're probably listening it through that. And then we're also going to be on other streaming platforms that do audio podcasts. When you listen to this, you'll know. Uh, uh, I'll tell you throughout, you know, social media. So yeah, I'm going to end it. And as always, thank you very much for listening to the Nick Frazier podcast. See you guys in the next episode.